Good, good morning uh, again. Uh, and if you're new, a uh, huge welcome to you if you're watching on, online. Just, you know, entirely applaud uh, the street teams. Every time I've, I've seen the street teams out, they're just having, you know, it's really great experience. There are, sometimes there are challenges. Of course there are challenges because we're working with people in all kinds of circumstances. But it's just fun. There's laughter. There's smiling. It's, a, it's an enjoyable thing to do so often. So um, please really endorse that. Um, so we're in this, uh, this series, we started it last week, and uh, I kind of reminded about things you rarely hear in church, you know, I'd like to sit at the front, please. Um, Andrew, I didn't notice that you overran for 25 minutes with your talk on Sunday. I'd like more. Fear of the Lord. We want more fear of the Lord. That's maybe not something that you would hear always or, or so often. But here we are, we're in this series. We've got a, an overarching theme for our whole year as a church of courageous resistance, standing firm and being on the front foot, standing firm in God's truth and being on the front foot to share the good news of Jesus, street teams, etc., alpha, etc. And within that bigger, we've got this. We have felt led to fear of the Lord. And uh, last week, Tim really helpfully talked to us about why. And there were three reasons that he kind of gave. Why are we doing this thing, fear of the Lord? The first is the Lord is calling. So we've heard in different ways God saying, here's a theme. Here's I'd, something I'd love you to sort of gather around the kind of campfire around. The Lord is calling. We've heard that prophetically, God speaking to us, and we know that prophecy is primarily God speaking into our current circumstances. What's God been saying? Fear of the Lord. Festivals, other places, we've been saying fear of the Lord, and, and others are hearing it as well. You may know that when we did the tag team thing from a guy called John Coles, John and Anne with us, some of you would have been here, and he ended exactly on the passage that Tim was going to start a week later without any knowledge. The Lord is calling. And the, the Lord is calling because Tim said this last week, and I agree with him, because we might have missed something huge. If, if fear of the Lord is not a phrase or a, a thought that you've ever sort of, you know, recently had, then God is saying you might be really missing something huge. And, and because of that, the third obvious reason is we need to do something about it. That's our conviction as a leadership team, and uh, we need to live it out. So it's, it's for the sake of everything that God is doing in terms of, you know, um, on the front foot revival, by which we mean lots of people coming to know Jesus. But actually, what I need to tell you this morning, it's for the sake of your soul. It's a life or death thing. That's what I need to tell you. And I'd be letting you down if I didn't tell you that fear of the Lord really, really is huge. And let's, let's have a look at that. So um, through the Bible, Tim again said, a bit like the Trinity, God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You don't find a very neat, kind of just simple, here's the passage you read out. But everywhere through the Bible, you find the Trinity, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And everywhere through our Bibles, we find fear of the Lord. Everywhere through our Bibles, it's actually more often spoke about, Tim was reminding us, than even things like compassion. So the clearest summary in the Old Testament, probably this one. Here we are, Deuteronomy 6.14. Why don't we read it together? 
And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. Whose good is it for? Mm. What, what are the, the three components that we're going to explore more in our series as we go along? It's not actually particularly my brief today, but we're going to be exploring. There they are. It's got three elements to it. Fear of the Lord. It's not complicated. It's loving. It's serving. And it's obeying. Now that, that word, some translations um, say to uh, observe or, or to keep, but to obey. That's what it comes down to. Loving God, serving God and others, and obeying his commands. Not for his good in the sense of to, you know, just kind of stroke God, but for our good. For our good. Yeah, I, relationships can be complicated, can't they? Um, lots of people, I mean, you may want to come on Alpha because you want to explore challenging big questions and we'd love you to do that. But actually, in essence, it isn't complicated at all. Are you loving God? Are you seeking to serve him? Are you seeking to obey what he has said for your own good? Or, and forgive me, Cheltenham, for saying it like this, are you gently kind of sticking two fingers up to him? Gosh, that's a bit sharp, isn't it? We're much more sophisticated than that, aren't we? We, we? we really know how to put on a bit of a show. And by the way, if you've been in ministry as long as I have, you're really good at it. But you see, where does God look? Does God look on the outside? Where does God look? He's looking at my heart. I was, I was really nervous about preaching this morning I was, you know, because I know what my life is like. And, you know, genuinely, I appreciate we often don't say about thunderbolts from the sky, but there are times in Scripture when that happens, when people dare to speak and pretend, and God says, I'm not having it. I'm not having any of it. And I appreciate, you know... What I'm saying might not feel very warm and cuddly, mightn't it? It might be kind of, for some of you, if you're new, you might be, this is confirming all I ever thought about church. Whose good is it for? Yours. That's what it says. See, we can all know. But hey, guys, listen. Don't panic. Don't panic. It's not about being afraid of God. Fear of the Lord is not about being afraid of God in the sense that when I was growing up, I used to, used to think about it. Angry headmaster in the sky kind of territory. Religious legalism, as Tim was talking about last week, you know, religious law and, and just doing stuff out of duty. That is not relationship with God who is love. The fact that God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit means he's a perfect love in, a perfect community of love. So we don't need to panic. 
It's not about fear in the sense that the world might use fear. It's about how we have a relationship with the one who loves us perfectly for our good. But it is that serious. Other end, it's not Father Christmas God. You know, it's not, oh, 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 I used to do a sketch like this and I used to pretend to be God as a Father Christmas. Oh, come to me, come on. Oh, what would you like today? Oh, you've been a very good girl, oh boy, haven't you? Here you are. It's not slot machine God. Come on, God, I've put a lot of prayer in today. I mean, come on. I mean, it's not as good as, you know, Sandy Stevens, obviously. But, you know, God, I've, come on. I mean, look at the others around. I mean, yeah, look, I mean, I, I must be a he- It's not fifth emergency service, God. Fire, ambulance, police, the AA. (laughs) Could I have a discount on my premium, please? And then God. A lot of people treat him like that, don't they? I think quite a few people actually kind of like God to be the angry headmaster kind of God in the sky because it's sort of almost actually, now you might, this might confuse, might challenge, Almost it's distancing God, isn't it? You know, actually the kind of angry God, it sort of distances God, doesn't it, in a way? I mean, certainly there's lots of people who like Father Christmas God. There's certainly people who like slot machine God. And there's certainly, certainly people, we've got a lot on Alpha, who say, well, I kind of admire, you know, I realise you need God to get through life. Fifth emergency service God. Tim said last week, this, this fear of the Lord, this relationship with God, this what does it mean to be in the right place with, with God, is something about the, the wow and the woe. Something about the wow and the woe. I love deeply theological words, and Tim always leads me into them. <laughs> wow and woe. Psalm 33.8, middle of our Bibles, the songbook of the Bible. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world stand in awe of him. In, again, the nearly infallible version, it says revere, but actually the Hebrew means stand in awe. Just think about it on your own if you want to, but if you would like to just turn to your neighbour. Who is the most awesome person alive now that you could ever be going to tea with this afternoon? Just If you want to think about it, just turn to your neighbour. Who's the most awesome person? I've got an invitation to go for tea with... Okay, let's have, a, let's have a shout out. Let's prove the balcony is alive and well. Hello up there, closer to heaven. Could someone shout out someone you'd be awestruck to go for tea with? Not allowed to say yourself. Hello, anyone alive? Is that why you sit up? No, sorry. Dave, you're alive. 
You even support Gloucester Rugby, which obviously, you know, but God forgives you. Um, who could, who could, who could you, who could you go to, go to uh, tea with? The England manager. Oh. Can I just say in a deeply theological way, along with the wow and the woe, that I think we're talking about, we're talking more Barack Obama than Donald Trump. Now, I apologise for a political, but for me, if I, was to go, if I was to be invited to go for tea with Barack Obama, I would be filled with a sense of awe, but actually in the awe would be a sense of, this is someone I want to talk to, I'd love to hear what they have to say. Whereas, and you fill in your own blanks, there are other people who if I was going to see them, then I might just be scared, or I might just, you know, I, I wouldn't have that mix. I would not take it for granted. I would not wear my shorts to go and see Barack Obama. Now, just try and magnify that a million times. Fill in the name of your own person who would have that mix for you of complete respect and awe. You would not take them for granted for a second. You would not be late. You would be wearing whatever was the appropriate thing to wear. You would, you would really want to present yourself in the best way. But actually, you'd be so excited to meet them. You'd so want to be in their presence because of the, you know, how amazing they are. Multiply that a million times and you've got a taste, I think of what it means to say that fear of the Lord is both the wow of God and the woe. It's a, it's a positioning, it's a stance, it's an attitude that leads you into right relationship and through right relationship gives you blessing. I actually have the privilege of that relationship with my own father. I know there'll be many here you don't, but maybe you can imagine And it's good news. Who's good is it for? It's good news. It's good news because there's not a hidden key to having a relationship with God. There's absolutely something that we can all do. Love, serve, obey. Proverbs 1.29. Here's my picture of a little girl looking at a plant. Choosing fear of the Lord gives greater knowledge of who God is. Choosing fear of the Lord gives greater knowledge of who God is. Is there anyone here who wants to know more about God? Even a little fear. Proverbs 15.16. Even a little fear of the Lord is better even than the greatest earthly wealth if you want wisdom you don't you're not satisfied with just knowledge it's more than google if if you know that earthly wealth won't ultimately do it you know on your deathbed as i often say you're never going to say i wish i spent more time at the office you know, you're on your deathbed, you're not going to try and stock up a bag with gold and hope that, because the, the heaven is paved with gold. Then a little fear of the Lord is good news for you. George MacDonald said, my prayers flow from what we are not 
God's answers make us who we are. My prayers flow from what we are not. God's answers make us more, make us who we are. And so, friends, you get the main theme of today, actually, out of all of that. It's a Jesus thing. It's not so Old Testament. Because quite quickly, the Bible writers realize that Jesus is Lord. So if you're going to fear the Lord, you're going to fear God, because we believe in God being Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all of the time, all of the time, then to fear God, to fear the Lord, is to have a right relationship and a right awe, a right wow, and a right woe for Jesus. The Holy Spirit welcomes us into this relationship. It's not about an angry, rules-based, religious, thou shalt not God. It's about a come and have life in all its fullness and don't settle for less. Don't settle for black and white TV when you can have colour HD. Wake up and smell the roses. Don't let yourselves down by shoddy impressions and fakes. It's a Jesus thing. It is about walking in the grace and the mercy and the love which we see in Jesus on the cross. It's about walking in community together. It's impossible pretty much to follow the ways of Jesus without community. It's pretty much impossible to follow the ways of Jesus without being in community. Wow. Peter wrote, wrote this. He said, who's going to harm you if you're eager to do good? Who's going to harm you? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you're blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not fear the world. Do not be frightened, but in your hearts revere, there's that word revere, stand in awe of God. See, that's where the Bible writers get to. They say, okay, fear of the Lord is about God, which means it's about Jesus. Fear of the Lord, you know, about Jesus, relationship with Jesus, basically comes down to, do you fear the world or do you, or do you fear the Lord? Who's number one? Who's the most important? That's what it comes down to. That's what this thing is. Jesus died on the cross, gave everything for us. And he's just saying, I don't want to settle for less than everything of you because that would let you down. Now, I said earlier, and it's my job today, and the series will carry on, and there'll be lots about what it means to love and obey and serve. But I said that today, I have to be honest with you that it's a life and death thing. Here's what Jesus said as a parable, as a story to explain. We'll put it up and, and go through it slowly. To some who were confident of their own righteousness. Now, that word is a loaded big Bible word. It, it essentially means, you know, being right with God. But it's, it kind of contains the how. How can you be right with God? and also with yourself and with everything else. So some, some are confident in their own righteousness, their own ability to say, yep, I'm pretty good. 
yeah, I've done enough following of the rules. I've kind of, you know, pretty good on eight out of the ten commandments. Two I find difficult, but, you know, eight out of ten isn't bad. To those kind of people, Jesus told this parable. And let's notice. Two men went up to the temple to pray. So two people are doing exactly the same thing. They're going to the temple in Jerusalem. They're going to pray. They're going to express their relationship with God. One was a Pharisee. That was, that was somebody like us, religious, someone who goes to church a lot on a Sunday, someone who's known for being a follower of Jesus. That's us. And the other was a tax collector. That's some of us. Tax collectors worked for the Roman occupying force. They were the worst of the worst because obviously they were completely betraying their own people. They were literally taking money out of people's pockets, at God's money, and they were diverting it away from God's purposes. They're the kind of the worst of the worst. So you know how the story is. You know, it's obvious who's, who's the good character in this and who's the bad, isn't it? The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed... God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Pride always leads to comparison, doesn't it? I thank you that I'm not like other people. I'm not as bad as the robbers, the evildoers, and the adulterers, or even like the tax collector. So sin, turning away from God, rejecting God's way, always has this dynamic of comparison with others, and you make yourself feel good by, by seeing the, the, the bad in others, doesn't it? And what, what's, he, what's he saying? He's saying that he, he, he fasts twice a week. Now, what happened was that the religious leaders and, and others of the day, they would fast on Mondays and Thursdays. Anyone know why they would do that on Mondays and Thursdays? It was market day in Jerusalem. So if you're ashen-faced and white and you're walking around, you're putting on a show, the great days to do it are Mondays and Thursdays. In Jewish thinking, actually, they related to when Moses went and got the law. Some of you know this story, got the law from the mountain and came back down, which day of the week. But it was a helpful day because it was market day. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to earn favour. They're putting on a show with God. And the crunch in that little passage there is some of you will know the Greek that is behind the stood by himself. The Greek basically means that he was inward looking. That, that's the sense of the original language in this was written. I. I. What's the letter in the middle of the word sin? I. Someone said the way to hell is really easy to follow because you can get there with your eyes shut. You get to hell with your eyes shut. This is someone who's got their eyes shut to God. They are just self-righteous, self-important. They are daring to compare themselves to others. They're daring to say, I'm not as bad as those people that I watch on telly or whatever. I'm not as bad as everyone else in the office. I gossip a little bit, but not as much. I, in my family, etc., etc. Et and I speak to myself because a lightning bolt would come from heaven if I don't confess to you that I'm in this place. So often. 
The contrast is then drawn, isn't it? But the tax collector stood at a distance. So here's the, the Pharisee. I can come close to God. I'm, I've, I've got, there's no kind of, you know, woe for me. It's all wow. The tax collector is the complete opposite. It's all, whoa, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve to be, to be here. His entire focus is on God, not himself. He would not even look up to heaven, not because he's not focused on heaven, but because he is focused on heaven. He's, he's got the awe. He beat his breast. So it, it, he, knows, he knows the problem is with his heart. God, have mercy on me a sinner. It's short, it's straight to the point, and it's completely accurate. Short, straight, accurate. Have mercy. Some of you will know that that little phrase, have mercy, those two words together, again in the original language in the Greek, it basically means and atoning, an at one sacrifice. It's a word, a Greek word that takes us to the cross. It takes us straight to the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. Big, loaded word like righteousness. It basically means, basically means the process, the, the, the moment of how you are declared right with God. That something has happened and your sin, the stuff that, that weighs you down and prevents you having a relationship with God, has been dealt with. It's, it's saying that only God... The righteous judge can deal with sin through Jesus. Only he can deal with the penalty, which is death. And only he can give new life. Life beyond the grave. The tax collector receives mercy and grace because he fears the Lord. He is on the way, the right track. He is on the way of eternal life. He's still a tax collector. He's still got a heck of a lot of catching up to do with his life. But he's on the right path. The Pharisee, for all his good words, all his good actions, all his show, all his knowledge of God is on the way, possibly, not me to judge, but it looks like he's on the way to hell. I know that's a huge statement to make. It's not my place to judge. It never is our place to judge. We don't do that. But what I can see is the difference between someone who fears the Lord and someone who doesn't fear the Lord. And Jesus is completely upfront with us about the consequences of the choice, the judgment, the judgment that is going to come. And I would just be letting you down if I didn't say this is something for you to please Grapple with it as I grapple with it. 
There's so much that you'll be delighted to know that I don't understand. There's so much that I don't really know about. You, know, all, you could ask me all kinds of questions about hell. You could ask me all kinds of questions about the reality of the opposite of being with God, because that's what it is. Being with God is heaven. Being with God is eternal life. Being with God is what has, has been symbolised in, in baptism for, for Jenny. That's being with God, and, and God is the, the source of all being, everything that is good. The opposite of that is is this thing hell? And I don't completely, you know, understand, know its dynamics. The Bible says all kinds of things. But what I do know is I don't want to be there. Okay? And I desperately, desperately am praying that no one will be there. I always hope, we should always hope for life. We should always hope for mercy and grace. We should always hope for that last second in someone's life. We should always hope that God, who is the perfect father, knows everybody's whole story, knows why they are wired the way. He, he knows. It'll be fair. It'll be right. He is the righteous judge. I just know that for me, I read a story like this and it speaks to my heart about the way I'm living. Now, if it doesn't speak to yours, fine but I suspect it does speak to some of our hearts. And you see, God says to me, Andrew, you're so quick to try and take responsibility for everyone else and their story and work out the side. I'm just talking to you. I don't care whether you're the lead pastor of anything. I'm just talking to you, Andrew, somebody that I have made and I love and Jesus died on the cross for you and if you'd been the only one here, he would have died on the cross for you and I'd like to know how you're going to respond to me. I'd like to know, Andrew, fill in your own blank, whether you're going to be like a Pharisee or you're going to be like the tax collector. Are you going to take me for granted or are you going to look at me and with awe? Are you going to stand before me in awe? Are you going to say, please, Holy Spirit, please God with us now. I don't know how to do this, but you do because you do an inside out job. I want to love you. I want to serve. I want to obey that's this amazing gift. That's all it takes in an honest desire, an honest heart. Yes. Yes. I, I want to love you, God, more. <laughs> I want to serve. I want to obey. Because it's for my good. It's for my good. It's for our good. It's good. I can just feel God is just obviously stirring and just let's let him do. You might find it helpful to close your eyes.
I know there'll be some of us just, just saying, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. Some of us need to do that. there's a lot of us who are just saying God please would you would you have mercy on me and would you lead me lead me in the way of Jesus would you would you give me the joy of of the fear of the Lord would you give me the joy of knowing how to have a right relationship with you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. We declare your might, your majesty, God. We declare your awesome wonder, the heavens speak of you. Your mercy, your love, your perfect nature, your faithfulness, your promises that are always true. We speak of your desire for relationship with each one of us. Would you come? Come, Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, God, for where pride has where pride has got in the way of my right relationship with you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the times when I'm much more like a Pharisee than a tax collector. And I thank you, God, for those in this church family who know a bit more about this than I do, who know more about what it means to fear the Lord. And I thank you that we're in it together. I just wonder, while, while we um, just stay in a, a place of some quiet, just if anyone to just come and um, just stand at the front or, or kneel, kneel at the front just as a physical sign of response. Just, just please come. Thank you, Lord. Just invite you to step out, step in. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Others just stay quiet, stay praying. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I hasten. We're just doing it for God. It's just a physical sign. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Just want to step in. Step in, God. To more of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. More, Lord, more of you, more of you, Holy Spirit, wherever you're at work in this room, wherever you're speaking into hearts, more of you. More of you, Lord. Jesus, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And I'm asking in the name of Jesus that uh, he would seal into you, the Holy Spirit would seal into you whatever he is saying, whatever God is calling you to, whatever God is, is prompting you with, whatever God is challenging you about. I ask in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, come and seal. Seal in us. We want to be on the path, the path to life. We want to be on the path of eternal life, Jesus. Your path. So... Seal it in us.
Place your truth around the center of our being.